Welcome to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Rex Jones II, who tells us how he overcame his fear of public speaking. You see, people ridiculed him and told him he sounded funny simply because he came from the South. This led him to Toastmasters, which led him to writing six books and becoming a public speaker, all while still maintaining a full-time job as a QA tester. This is a fascinating interview that you don't want to miss. All right, guys, welcome to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. Today we have with us Rex Jones. So let me say something before we introduce Rex. A lot of you guys think that corporate quitters is about quitting your job. It's not really about that. Corporate quitters is about quitting that mindset that's holding you back, quitting those limiting beliefs. Now, it might mean quitting your job, but initially, let's quit those limiting beliefs so that we can all excel in life. So today, Rex Jones. Rex, tell us who you are and what it is that you do to make the world a better place. Well, my name is uh, Rex Jones the second, like you said. I like adding the second because my son is the third and my father's the first, but I train people who's interested in automation techniques. So I train them so they can have faster output when they test their software. And the benefit of testing software is to make sure that the people who pay you, the clients, do not have defects when they, uh, when you give them their product back. For example, like on this Zoom call, the video, I test to make sure the video is working like it's supposed to work because if it do not work, it becomes an issue with the company and the customers. Like earlier last year when the pandemic started and all the teachers were having Zoom outages. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. So you see, guys, Rex keeps us up and running. <laughs> Whatever software you use, and Rex works on a variety of software. But see, here's the thing. Rex actually has a day job. But then yeah. Rex trains people, uh, I guess, on the side. I, I don't know. See, I don't think Rex sleeps, you guys. So Rex, <laughs> Rex is the guy who keeps the computer networks, well, keeps the computer software up and running and make sure that we can do what we need to do to survive. So you have <laughs> people like Rex to, thanks, to thank for getting Zoom back up when it went out. So now... Rex, we know what you do. Tell us, how do you train people? Like, how do you, when I think about training, I don't think about software because it seems like you just kind of sit down and do it. But everybody needs training, no matter what your career is. What's your approach to training people? Well, my approach, I mean, I like to share knowledge. So I share knowledge through books, blogs, and videos. And my approach is coming up with a plan on what I think is best for the person who's listening to me. So I try to put myself in their shoes and try to formulate a plan to compose the ideas that will help them. So you individualize the the, the approach to the person. Exactly, the approach, because people learn different. There you go, so, so yeah. So what kind of people have you found during the training? People learn differently. What are some of the styles that you've seen and how, how have you had to adjust to communicate to people? Well, I communicate through videos and sometimes I create transcripts because some people like to read and other people like to watch videos. And myself, I like both. It's hard for me to have one or the other because when I read, it helps me to slow down and think about what I'm reading. And when, when I watch a video, I can see what they're doing. So I like to do both. So I'm gonna tell y'all, 
Rex is being modest. Oh. Rex puts out some kick butt videos and, and, and even so now let me let me just before I get this wrong, you are a uh QA tester. So that, yeah, that QA that, tester automation. Yes. There you go. Okay. So Rex puts out these videos and he's talking about things that are really over my head because you know, <laughs> people who do computer programming and stuff, that, that takes a lot of brain power. But I listen to him and I can understand certain things that he's saying. So he has a YouTube channel that has like uh, a couple hundred thousand followers. No, I'm just kidding. But he has about 10,000 followers, I believe. And on LinkedIn, he's producing these videos and you see people saying, yeah, Rex, this is great. I'm thinking, it's got to be great if everybody who's in his field is saying it's great. So, so now check this out. So you're doing all this training. You're doing videos where you shoot them, you edit them, you put them out there online. Yes. How did you start doing video? Like, how'd you get up the courage to say, I'm gonna put my face out there for everybody to see? Well, it's challenging because by default, by nature, I'm a really a quiet person. I don't really talk much. And I started putting out videos when I joined Toastmasters um, a few years ago. I didn't start at that time, but Toastmasters gave me the confidence to get on camera and to speak. For example, um, on most of my videos, you may not hear filler words like ah, uh, um, right, you know. Those are filler words to help you fill in the space when you're talking. Toastmasters helped me with that. So Toastmasters gave me the confidence to get on camera and speak. So the next thing was to just show my desktop and demonstrate what I want to show people. All right, but tell me this, though. What made you want to go to Toastmasters to begin with? So we know Toastmasters help you out, but why'd you say, you know, you just woke up one day, I'm going to Toastmasters. You just, did you just stumble into a Toastmasters meeting and you just decided to stay? Something. That's a good, that's a real good question. Uh, question. I went to Toastmasters because of my accent and plus the fear of speaking. I read how fear of speaking is one of the number one fears from people. And my accent led me to go to Toastmasters because it got to a point where I'm already quiet. And when someone do not understand what I'm saying, it makes me more quiet. So I joined Toastmasters to overcome that fear and also to become more confident when I do speak. So Toastmasters, one of the best things that I could have done a few years ago to help me to just speak and get on camera. Yeah, see, now, now that's amazing. So look, you said that when we were talking earlier, you said, well, I know I talk funny. <laughs> I don't know if you really do, honestly, because we're both from the South. But did the kids pick on you when you were younger? You know what? That's interesting, because when I was younger, I was surrounded by people who also talked like I did. My neighborhood, family, and friends. So they understood me. I started noticing a difference when I went to college when I got around other people who did not come from my background. And also when I was in the workforce, because now I'm surrounded by people who don't talk the same way I talk. And i tell you something that was interesting. The first time I came across it when I was talking to someone and I asked them a question. So when you ask a question, you're expecting a response, but they were still looking at me to keep talking. And I realized they did not understand what I was saying. So it happened in college and when I went to the workforce. Yeah, so now, okay. So now we know why you went to Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. we, we can see the effect that Toastmasters had on you. 
what did you say to yourself to overcome that fear? Like, that, like the oh. first time you stepped into Toastmasters door, something oh. had to drive you to give you the courage to get there. What, mm. what made you, what gave you the courage to actually say, I need to do this? Because a lot of times we, we see something that we want to change and we become paralyzed with fear. We don't even face it. You had this fear. You saw it. You said, this is what I need to do to fix it. And then you actually did it. Um, I did not want to continue being afraid to speak and I want to get better. I just wanted to improve myself. And I felt like Toastmasters was the best way for me to improve myself and to get confidence because I did not want to continue being afraid uh, to speak. I just wanted to get better. All right, so look, speaking is one thing, right? You have, I don't even know how many videos you have. And to me, that's a whole different kind of courage because like I do public speaking, but quite frankly, to be honest with you, Video scares the mess out of me. Whoa. Seriously, I, I can get up in front of a crowd of a few hundred folks and I'm all good. But video, it scares me. So what gave you the courage to now take that and say, okay, now I'm speaking at Toastmasters. Now here I am on a video, not just on a video, videos that you decided to put on YouTube and LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, the, the courage came from, I feel like I have something good to share with people. And I always have been that way, like for us, just the core of me, I like to share and help people. I like seeing people do good. I like seeing people happy. I like seeing people in a good place. So when I felt like I had something to share, I just started sharing it on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So the courage came from me just wanting to help people. And think about that, man. Our whole world is really, really, if you look at it, it's built on just helping people. Uh, Really, because we, what's the old saying? It takes a village. To raise. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it takes a village to do everything. Yeah. And so now you got this gift. You got mm. this gift of, of QA testing. Yeah. You're afraid to share it at first because, you know, you say you talk funny. Yeah. Say, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix the talking. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to go to Toastmasters. Now you go to Toastmasters. Toastmasters gives you the courage to, to, to overcome that and put your voice out to the world. Yeah. But you wrote books too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote books. That came about because I love to learn also. I like to share knowledge and I like to receive knowledge. So when I got into automation, I will read a lot, read books, read books, and just read. And the more knowledge I received, the better I became. And Robert, I was waiting for this book to come because I saw the title, good title, and I was excited about the book. And when the book came, I opened a package and I said, man, what is this? Uh, the book was, now, when I read the book, I said, you know what, I can do this. And this may click, well, why don't you? I said, no, nah, I'm not gonna write no book. But when I kept reading, I said, you know what? Almost everything they said in this book, I know already. And I said, if they can do a book, I can too. And that's when I just started putting in my, my notes on what I want to talk about. And that led to me writing books. And I will say something else because I thought about it, the video. I have fun doing videos. It's fun, uh, it just, it's fun doing videos. So that's why I like to continue making videos and I like to write. <laughs> All right, let me tell y'all, Rex is being modest again. <laughs> Rex, how many books do you have? Uh, six. Okay. 
I want y'all to check out Rex's books on Amazon. <laughs> Rex, his books. One book has like over a hundred reviews or something like that. Maybe it was fifty. Whatever it was, the number was huge, and it's sitting at like a four point seven rating out of five. And then another book has about thirty or so odd reviews, and it has like a four point five out of five. And then a couple of books might have one or two reviews here or there, but. It appears as though Rex has been able to take his uh, his his passion for QA testing, transfer that into his making it really be his purpose in life to helping other people because he's been able to write books that people as far away as Ireland, India, the UK, Canada. You can see the reviews. All these people are commenting and talking about how well he communicates his thought, how good his books are. So. And I'm only saying that to say, think about this. We started off with Rex telling us he was afraid to talk in front of people. Yeah. And now he's impacting the world. I mean, literally the world. Um, so let's talk about LinkedIn. You on LinkedIn posting all the time, every day. What what made you decide to network and post there? It was another, it was another avenue for me to share knowledge. I realized LinkedIn was a good so- social media platform. So I saw content about the same thing I was doing in my field. So that gave me the idea to also start posting content, whether it's videos, and sometimes I place uh, transcripts on the on my LinkedIn posts because some people also like my transcripts because they have the things I speak about in my video and they have tr- uh, screenshots to show what I have presented in the video. So I just like to share knowledge any way I can because people like to learn and receive knowledge different ways. All right, so, so, so I want y'all to really understand, he's doing all of this stuff while also maintaining a full-time job. Whoa. <laughs> so what I want you to do is just give people some tips on time management. Whoa. Like, how do you make it work? Because let's just be real. You got to be good at what you do. Way that you're teaching it. So I'm guessing you perform very well on the job. Now, yeah. I know the, the, the fruits of your labor on LinkedIn and YouTube. I can see what people are saying about it. So you must be good there, too. How do you balance your time? You know what? Um, I organize my time. <clears throat> I plan my time. So when I plan my time and organize it, it helps me to be productive uh, on my job in my personal life for us, what I do on the side, and also in my personal life with my wife and kids and family. Uh, so organizing and planning helps me go a long way. And I like to plan for the week. So on the weekend, I plan out what I wanna do for the upcoming week. And then I make a day by day plan on what I plan to do. And I will say, um, it's something I heard a long time ago uh, by Bishop Jakes. I, I keep the quote, because it helped me to not feel too bad about managing my time. And he said something like, "You he failed every day. And that seems kind of strange how I fail every day. And what that mean is, uh, you mentioned how I work for someone, I work for a company, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a lot of things, but I try not to fail in the same thing every day. So like today, I may be real good at being a father and a husband to my wife and kids, 
and I may do good on my job, but tomorrow I may not spend enough time with my wife and kids on my job, but I may make, I may work harder <clears throat> and spend more time on the side and other things, but I try not to fail in the same thing too many times in a row. So that's one reason, a one way how I manage my time. I try to be productive in everything at certain days. Now, when you, when you plan your week out, do you use like Google Calendar or some kind of calendar and you, you literally put everything on your calendar? No, I, I started using a calendar, but I started, I mean, but now I use a Word and Excel. I just kind of put a day by day on what I want to do that day. And a lot of times I get backed up mm-hmm. where I get behind, but the plan helps me to know how far behind I am. And it lets me know how far or how much I need to do to catch up. So um, I like the plan. I'm a planner big time. And you, meant, you know, we talked about as far as my job and what I do on the side. One of my favorite quotes was from Jim Rohn. And he said, you work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So I work hard on my job. I do. But I work harder on myself. Well, and that makes sense, too, because, I mean, you just told us how you didn't want to speak in front of people, so you went to Toastmasters. You wanted to teach people, so you started doing videos. You wanted to teach people another way, so you wrote books. You wanted to teach people another way, so you went to LinkedIn. You start working hard on yourself, and then people start to recognize that and, and appreciate it. Hey, so let me ask you a question. What, what's, the, what's the craziest thing that you've had the QA test, like the craziest incident? You thought this was going to work one way, and it just blew up and went sideways. I see. I, I don't know. The, I can say the craziest thing. The craziest thing is me missing a defect that went to production, mm. where it was something oh, that was tough too. Because, and I felt like it was my fault. But what happens a lot of times, for example, we may get a month to test something, but by the time it comes, it may shrink to two weeks. So mm. sometimes it goes back to time where we was once told it would take a month to test it and we get two weeks. So a lot of my time was restrained, constrained from testing. And I let a defect go through that went to production. But the benefit, well, I don't wanna say benefit, I think what's most important is how I responded. I responded by letting them know, hey, you know what? It was my fault, I messed up. So I was accountable for my own mistakes. So that was like one of the worst things I have done when testing software. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and again, we all make mistakes. Just don't make that same mistake again. And then accountability. Accountability is very important. Well, in your business, you can't really afford to make too many mistakes. Yeah, um, you're right. You know, you, you end up with Zoom going down. <laughs> Teachers not being able to teach students. <laughs> that, that's just, man, that, that's just sad. All right, so... Mm, Man, this has been a lot. So let me see if I can kind of bring us back around. We started off talking about, um, what did we start off talking about? Oh, <laughs> QA testing and having a uh, fear of really speaking in front of people. Yes. So now seeing somebody who's transformed into a public speaker. Oh, let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah, you hadn't talked about your public speaking because you do that as well. Yeah, I've done I've done public speaking. Uh, I like to... I like to share knowledge. I mean, any way I can, if I believe I know something and it can help the next person, or if it helped me, I have no problem sharing that knowledge with other people. So when I spoke about Toastmasters, 
Toastmasters also help because when I was just giving a regular speak, a regular speech, the feedback people gave me, it really motivated me to keep speaking. So I spoke at a few places and someday I would continue doing that when the pandemic is over with. But uh, one thing someone said was, I sound like I sound like a motivational speaker. I'm just speaking. But what I realized, what's on the inside comes out because there are too many times I had to motivate myself to do things and encourage myself to do things. So I really believe what's on the inside comes out. For example, I can look at you, Robert, and I can tell you're a happy person. You don't get mad too fast because you smile in the way you talk. But I can tell that someone is mad without them saying a word by their facial expressions and how their body language goes. So I really believe what's on the inside comes out. Yeah, and you know what, that, that's so true because a lot of people try to conceal who they are. Ooh. You know, it's almost like living a double life because you got people who have one persona at work and then another one at home. Yes. And those people are so unhappy because they can't Ooh. live an authentic life, you know? Yes. So when you do public speaking, what topics do you like to talk about? No, I like talking about life. I like encouraging people. I like relationships also because relationships, I believe, are the resources. The human resources, I believe, are the most important resources. So I like talking about relationships, teamwork. That's like the, I love talking about relationships. Well, when you think about it, when you look at, when you look at our relationship, we just met on LinkedIn. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and, then, yes. and now here we are sitting here on a podcast together. Yes. That's crazy. So yes. what, what are some of the uh, big takeaways that you like to tell people when it comes to relationships? Like, uh, do you talk about how to repair them or how to build them or, or both, all of the above? What are some of your big takeaways? Both. Repair them, rebuild them. I also like talking about fear because I believe faith and fear live on the same street. You know, like back in the day, you would see like an angel on one shoulder and a, the uh, enemy on another shoulder. Yep. I believe we all have that. But I think it's important on which one you listen to the most. So I also like talking about fear and just motivation because a lot of times we know we can do the job, but we have to be encouraged or motivated to do the job. It's something I heard a long time ago. It said, uh, we all are born winners but life taught us how to lose. So since we all are winners, what makes a person feel like they cannot do something? Something had to teach them or tell them they cannot do it. So I like motivating people to overcome their fears and doubts because I've had a whole lot, uh, a whole lot of doubts and fears, but the key is how I respond to those voices, negative voices. Yeah, because it, it really is. It's, it's all in your head. Oh, yes. It really is. I was talking to somebody. I think I was recording another episode. I was. And this young lady said she believes that you have to dream about where you want to be. You have to envision it, envision it. And when she said that, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense. Because think about this. When you're running a race, right, the first thing you're going to look at is the finish line, where you want to go. You got to have your eyes set on the finish line and then run towards that. Mm -hmm. So if you can't even imagine yourself being in the successful place you want to be, how you going to make it there? Yeah. You ain't even got the roadmap. 
You don't even know where you're going. You don't even have the vision. Man, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and, and then, and I, go ahead, go ahead. And I'm just saying, that's why I think important to have a plan. Because I really believe a plan is a bridge to where we are going. A plan is in between where we are and where we're trying to go. So in between is the plan. So we dreaming about something, where, where we want to go, the plan can help us get there. But what happens if, if you start walking down that road, you got your plan, you got your map in your hand, and then all of a sudden a tree falls in your path and then stuff doesn't work out as planned? What happens then? I got to figure out some kind of way to overcome it. And I believe that happens a lot because people let setbacks, failures stop them. But if the next man, woman, or child can overcome that tree falling, I can too. But it's up to me to figure out what can I do? How do I cut this tree down? How long would it take? And I may have a setback, but I'm going to persist and keep on going. So now to that extent, what you're telling me is a plan helps you overcome fear or at least helps you face it. Yeah, yeah, it helps us face it. I, I, I'm a big planner. I, I'm a forward thinker. I like thinking, I think way down the street, way down the road. In fact, I think about things that may not happen. The catch is if it do happen, it don't take me long to overcome it because I already thought about this here before it happened. Well, I think the other thing too is when you plan and prepare, I think a lot of people, I like to plan too. And I think when you plan and prepare, even if it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, I think planners don't beat themselves up as much as other people because you realize I planned, I did my best. Now I wanted to turn right, but I know I got to turn left now, but I at least have other options. Whereas people who don't plan and they just live life haphazardly, what's the old saying? Don't let life happen to you. You happen in life or you happen to life or something like that. I think that's what happens when you plan. You don't get as disappointed. You don't beat yourself up and you end up having a higher level of self-esteem. At least that's what I've seen from most people who plan. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You, you said it right. Um, I'm flexible in my plan. I'm not so rigid where it got to be this way because I know things happen in life that may cause me to go a different way. I believe it's a a solution to every problem. So if I come across any kind of problem, it's my job to figure out what is the solution. I'm big on uh, problem solving. Uh, Really, I love math. Math always been my favorite subject. When it comes down to math, it's all about problem solving, solving a problem. I love solving problems, I do. And that's why I believe it's a solution to every problem. And you know, the other thing, too, while we're talking about solutions to problems and, and, and even math, there's always an answer, but there are multiple <laughs> ways to get there. Ah, yes. <laughs> Remember, like, the quadratic yes. equation and all that good stuff? Like you, <laughs> you would always have to show you. And that's the other thing. You would always have to show your work because there are multiple ways to get to the answer. You can't just sit there and cheat off the person's paper next door and be like, uh, next to you and be like, the answer is four. Teacher's going to always ask you, show your work. And that's what your plan is, though. Like, when you do your planning, that's your work. Yes, you're right, because there's so many ways to get to the answer. Like, I like math. I told you I like math. But I tell you, it's challenging helping my kids with their homework or their schoolwork because they do things different than how I was taught. So I'll be honest. I may know the answer, but the catch is how do I get to the answer? How did I solve it? Show my work. 
And there are many times I'll be, I will be honest. I go to YouTube, I go to Google, and I have to go back to class myself to see how to, to see how to do something that I already know how to do. So the way they do things nowadays in school is different, but the answer is still the same. Right, right, right. So, all right. So now, what a lot of people don't re realize is the books that you've written now, all of them have been about like QA testing or in the computer related field. So here's what I'm going to ask you. You may, you may not even be ready for this one. What? When is the motivational book coming out? <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, man, you, I'm stumbling my, oh, my words. I'm stuttering. Uh, I don't, I don't know because I, I didn't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good, I mean, I like motivating. That's my passion. Cause I mentioned that I had to motivate myself and encourage myself and things I tell myself, I believe, I believe it will help other people. But for as a motivational book, uh, I'm not sure. So, so I got another question about, about the motivational book. If you were to write a motivational book, what would you write it about? Man, that's, that's. See, I'm going to get you to write a book. That, that's, that's interesting because I mentioned how I love relationships. I love seeing people in good moods. Relationships, it's not all about husband and wife. It could be about coworkers like you and I met on LinkedIn. Yep. Relationships, I think it's important because the root word of relationship is relate. So it's how you relate to one another. So I like talking about relationships. So I'm not completely sure. Um, I just I just like helping people and motivating. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so that means we're gonna see you on the speaking circuit, doing motivational speeches, and then, and then eventually doing a motivational book, and then like a workshop or something on how to motivate people. But, but speaking of workshops and training and stuff like that. So right now, you, you do train people on QA testing. Where can we find your training? Because you give away some for free on YouTube, and then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe you have some paid courses or, or, or maybe want to develop some paid courses at some point in time. So where can we find you so that QA testers can learn from you? Yes, um, right now I have free courses, free videos. You can find me on YouTube at Rex Jones II. You can find me on LinkedIn, also Rex Jones II. Facebook, Rex Jones II. And my email is rex.jones at testforsuccess.org, R-E-X dot J-O-N-E-S at T-E-S-T, the number four, S-U-C-C-E-S-S dot O-R-G. And you're right, um, right now, I do not have any courses, but I plan to create some courses because I received a lot of feedback from people wanting me to create courses. So that's upcoming. I'm going to create some courses on the same thing, but add a little bit more to help people who's interested in learning QA automation techniques. So it's coming. Good. See, this is going to be awesome because I don't know when we're going to release this podcast, but we may actually have the courses already ready so that we can link them so that people can just go straight to it and learn about QA testing. Hey, man, I want to thank you for coming out and being a guest on the Corporate Quitters. I want to know, you got any last words that you want to tell the people? You know what? I will say <laughs> just work harder on yourself than you're doing your job. If you have a job, work harder on yourself than your job. And just a personal note, 
I mentioned how I work hard on my job, but I would never marry a job. I would never marry a company. I'm married to one person, that's my wife. That's for better or for worse. If my job start giving me the worst, I'm gone. So I'd never marry a company, only married to my wife. And I'm gonna do my best on my job and my personal life. So that's pretty much it. Feel the fear, feel the fear. Cause I really believe fear is gonna be here. So I feel the fear, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway, in spite of fear. So thanks for having me. Uh, it's good talking to you, Robert. And it was cool to be on your podcast. Hey man, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. If you like us, tell everybody you know. Better yet, head on over to the iTunes store and leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds. I can do it with my eyes closed and both hands tied behind my back. So what are you waiting for? If you want to talk to us, leave us a voice message. You might be featured on the show. Check the link in the show notes. Want to carry us wherever you go? Check out the merch on our website. Get your I quit, O quit, or just plain quit stuff there. If you really, really like us, you can become a monthly contributor for less than a cup of coffee. Link is in the show notes. And last but not least, quit those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And we're out.